Hey guys, welcome to episode 153 of the podcast with my guest Felicia Day. I want to get some shout outs in there. I don't know what the song is. I don't know what the song is. I want to thank Javier for your email. Uh, I wanted to uh, say hi to Lou and Lauren. Um, who I met at Speechless. Uh, that was a live show that I did recently here in Los Angeles. What a blast. It's so fun meeting uh, listeners in person. Just really, really uh, very, very fun and cool. Uh, I want to thank Lana for your book recommendation on Twitter, guys. Yeah, that's right, Twitter. I want to give some shout-outs. I want to give shout-outs to Damon, uh, Alyssa, or maybe it's Alice without an A at the end, uh, Katie, Paul, and Tracy. Uh, more emails, guys, from Samuel. Thank you so much, Hillary. Thank you, uh, Kenneth. Hope I get to see you at the Thrilling Adventure Hour in Brooklyn, which we're doing in October. Uh, Holly, I want to thank you for your email. Super bad, Larry. Always a blast hearing from you. Russell, I want to give you a shout out and a e hug. Um, an ether hug. Uh, Nick in Sydney, I hope I get ch- a chance to meet you there. Claudia, have a great time in San Francisco. These are all emails, guys. And then on Facebook for your wonderful messages, I wanted to thank Alicia, Angela, Jamie, Hannah, Tyler, and Daniela. Uh, Big deep breath. A lot of shout outs to get through. A lot of wonderful people out there, guys. Turns out you guys are the best. Did I already know that? Sure, I did. Um, Please enjoy this episode. I think it's wonderful. I have a very big fan of Felicia's and uh, it's been really fun doing um, some things with her here and there. Um, I feel like I've had the good fortune of seeing her more frequently than uh, than the last couple of years. And uh, this is uh, this is one of those fruits, guys, one of those fruits of that tree. Not making a lot of sense, but I will say I think you'll enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. casual style uh it's very unofficial the last person i podcast said um i feel like i'm we're playing podcasting like we're she did not say this on the podcast but she she was like i feel like your mom's gonna come in and be like girls are you playing with my podcast (laughs) equipment and i said you know i think you've just hit the nail on the head of why like recording at home yeah just like sitting on the floor like i've always wanted to be if i ever had an idea of what my you know a podcast i think is because you don't have enough going on I know. That's my boyfriend's like, <laughs> I'm going Friday night. Oh, will you hold it? So, by the way, I'm recording. <laughs> oh, you're recording. <laughs> to tell oh, you. sorry, sorry. Oh, we're I recording. To tell you. Hi, how yeah, are you? <laughs> yeah. What I need is more projects. Well, I know. And I just add them on, not thinking that, hey, you're going to go insane in about three weeks yeah. because you are doing too many things. You have been, I mean, you've been like that the entire time I've known you, which has been many years now. We've known uh, each other for many years. I've known you for many years, I can say. I know. And that has always together. been true. We grew up together. <laughs> We've grown up in Hollywood together. Uh, but no, you're like, there are times when people talk to me about how overly busy I am. And I say, have you met Felicia Day? Um, <laughs> you're very busy also. Yeah. But you know, I read a whole article about how busy is not an attractive quality. Like it was mm. a really cool essay on, I don't know what website it was, but about how when she this woman asked all her friends how busy they were, they had this frantic look in their eye. Like, I'm busy. 
don't worry, I'm really busy. I'm or really like, busy, yeah. but oh, they that... felt they had to prove that they were busy opposed or to... Or just like they're just overwhelmed with yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Are we even living because we're so busy? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so did you walk away from that article thinking, oh, that is me, I'm not... I'm not as present as I would like to be, or did you feel like that's just part of my character and like so I I think that I I like to be busy, but at the same time, I know that creatively, it, when you're not busy, you are thinking up better things. Hmm. So I sort of like stack the books so high all the time until it starts to teeter, yeah. and then I'm like, and I push the books over, <laughs> and then I go in the Petulantly. corner. <laughs> yeah, I understand that too. I understand that too. Were you always like that? Have you always been? I don't want to say an overachiever because I hate when people call me that because I don't feel that I am at all. Because I feel an overachiever maybe wouldn't push the books over; they would just like yeah continue to stack them. So continue to stack them blindly until yeah. I broke. Um, yeah, I've done that too. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I w- I've always been an overachiever. It's always been like, um, hey, let me show you how great I am, and I'm ah, the best. I'm okay. the best. Were you were you super busy in high school? Because I'm busy now, but I was not an overly busy person in high school. I didn't seek out a lot of extracurriculars and stuff. Oh, you like didn't. That. You didn't. were in like chess club and nope. drama, and, and no, no? I was in drama. Oh, and that was pretty much it. Like I rode my bike a lot, and I was in plays, but I didn't belong to a bunch of clubs. And I sort of, I feel like I looked. I like scratched my head a little bit at my friends who were doing that. I remember thinking like, you're going to be so busy in high, in college. What, what? Now's the time. You had a really long like, view for a teenager. The, I think I maybe did. Were you like sitting people down? Like, let's talk about time management. Let's go ahead. and Well, no, because I also think I was very pragmatic because I knew I was, and I was a good student. I mean, I got, I was second in my class, but I wasn't like, I didn't have this sort of wealth of here's all this other stuff I did because I didn't have a sense that I was going to go to like a fancy school to study theater, which I f- was what I was planning. Oh, to so study. You, yeah. So you always knew you were going to theater, and you're like, ah, I don't need that extracurricular on my resume to get into X school. Right? I guess, yeah. yeah. That was smart. It's smart because then you probably lived a lot of really interesting. I mean, I did a lot of drugs, Felicia. I don't know that I really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, that I really no, was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what uh, what that made of me. But I don't really play chess as well as I would like. Well, I can't say. I that. mean, when do you break out a chessboard at a party? Now, I guess that's whereas true. drug stories are always interesting. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always jealous of people with really good drug stories. Uh, or like, I'm going to go do shrooms in the Los Angeles forest. I'm like, really cool uh, people do that. Uh, <laughs> I'll be at home watching The Good Wife. I love The Good Wife so. It's very a really much. good show. It's so good. You're the you're the first person in sort of the same world as me who is a smart gal who watches that show. I don't know. I don't have a lot of friends who watch that show. I, I know a either. lot of people watch it, but I don't have a lot of friends who do. And I, I feel like I have to defend it. Like, are you imagining Ally McBeal? Because that's not. It wasn't that that was a horrible <laughs> show, but it is not that at all. Not that Ally McBeal was bad. I'm saying it, it was record. its own thing. It was its own goofy, sweet thing. The Good Wife is a little bit more rounded than that. Yeah, but, uh, but just still absurd. Whoever's listening right now, go Google the Dancing Baby and then just remember that that's happened. Right. <laughs> it was a, it was like a meme before there were memes. Yeah, it was a it was a pre meme, right? It was a pre meme. <laughs> And it was a baby. We've really done good work here already. I we should just, well stop just now. It I know. Shortest <laughs> podcast episode ever. No, I yeah, saw The, the Good Wife. I was on a plane and I was bored and I didn't want to watch yet another How I Met Your Mother rerun. God bless that show. But um, I was like, Ugh, no, I want to watch something I've never watched before. And I was like, what's this? And I always Did they remember, have the first episodes or no, did you start in the I middle? I just yeah, dropped in. It was like good. season three or something yeah. and I could not stop watching. So I watched Very three satisfying. episodes and then... I just randomly picked up the DVD set and I was on set doing Supernatural a couple weeks ago and I I binge watched 
two seasons yeah. in four days. That's yeah. four, it's like 40 hours of television. <laughs> Don't do the math. If Don't I could give it. advice to one, any binge washer out there, any advice at all would be don't do the math. Yeah, that was two, yeah, three, four days. Yeah. It was but very you, sunny was outside great. the window when I was well, watching The Good Wife. It was beautiful. In to Vancouver. me, that's permission to not go outside because I like it when it's foggy and cloudy, which is one of the reasons I like Vancouver. Really? I can't do it. I get depressed. You do get I feel depressed. like that's I'm in jail. Like most people do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me. Where, where were you raised? Were I was you, raised in the South where so were everything's you were a 100 teenager. degrees. Yeah. And I was, yes, I grew up in Texas and Alabama and Mississippi. Three different ones. Yeah. Where were you? Where did you spend your high school oh, years? Uh, high school years, Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. At San Antonio, Texas, Austin, Texas. So Texan. It. So it's really hot there. It gets gloomy a little bit, but never below freezing. And never it gets 180 in the summer. And then you go inside and it's 60 with the air, air conditioner and you get the flu because yeah. the, you're dropping 40 degrees when you go in and out. What about you? Where well, are you? I'm from Tucson. And, oh, yeah. And, but those are, that is the reason I give for liking foggy and rainy weather because I feel like when I when it's like this when it's like sort of a warm day at least there's a few clouds when it is like a blank blue sky these poor guys have heard me say this probably a million times on my <laughs> podcast I'm always willing to talk about it uh when it is just like an empty blue sky devoid of clouds it's just and void is sort of a big word for me on that like it feels very just empty. like ugh. and it's hot or even if it's not that hot I get kind of bummed out. And I think it's because I had so many negative memories of being a kid and being hot and bored in Tucson. Because it's like, how? why would you get summer vacation when it feels you don't want to do anything? Like you're literally walking. You know those yes. montages where people are walking, walking through the through desert? desert <laughs> eating sand. <laughs> yeah, I, I associated so negatively. And so even when I was in high school, like when I visited San Francisco or the Pacific Northwest, I was like, this is what weather's supposed to be like. Yeah. It's supposed to be sort of mysterious and foggy. And I get in a, such a chipper mood, Felicia. I kid you not no it's i think people really are attracted to different i mean i aesthetically like um the the idea of gloom a little bit but i notice i get very depressed yeah and it might be that seasonal disaffective disorder yeah yeah i definitely yeah i have to have sunshine i have to have great light Mm -hmm. i think it's just a light situation because it could be cold as hell outside Mm -hmm. and if the light is beautiful um, that's I just don't like a gloomy light. I don't know. And I feel like it could be hot as hell outside if it's really cloudy, like monsoon weather. I'm fine with. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it is so weird, weird, but you got to know yourself. Life is about know knowing thyself. yourself. Know and then thyself. I was convinced maybe it was my Scottish heritage on my mom's side. Are you Scottish? But what about that's yours? weird? Um, I'm Irish and Polish, so I can't and because that that then then genetics would dictate that you might maybe also be excited about. I've fog. never been to Poland, but it's maybe it's sunny there. <laughs> might be very sunny in Poland. Might be very sunny and fun. Well, you know, I think it was part of that whole... Remember that black and blue dress or the white and gold dress thing? Uh, can, wait, do I? Re- remember this, the meme that went around where everyone was arguing it was a black and... It's black right, and blue. Right, right, right. Oh, no, it's white and gold. Right, right. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? It yeah. is clearly black and blue, guys. And then I got into a huge argument with uh-huh. people I care about who I think are smart, and they saw white and gold. So... I'm convinced that we all see different things. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I mean, I think that's something that even science talks about, right? Is like the, the subjectiveness of vision in and of itself is kind of like you could really trip out existentially on that if you wanted to go down that road. Um, what, like, each of what us am I seeing? See? What am I actually seeing? How much am I seeing the same thing that you're seeing? And how fundamentally real and true is something if you could be seeing it totally differently than I am? That's true. It's fascinating. Or just like color. We see yeah. color differently. So something that I'm attracted to. Like I love to wear orange. And most people I know are like, you need to stop dressing like a traffic cone. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm always 
bright, hu- hugely bright colors. That but I look great. at women who wear all black who are sophisticated, and I'm right. like, oh, God, I wish is I could wear that, that drapey black thing. And right. Wear those heels and look all, you know. <laughs> Like I'm in New York and I'm dr- smoking a vapor, uh, vaporing or whatever they call it. I'm vaporing. I'm vaporing. That could almost be like a superhero's way of disappearing. I think I'm yes. vaporing right now. Or, and then he just vapored. I don't know what happened. He was he there vapored. and he was gone. <laughs> um, be a good superpower. Do you have that thing that I have where I, and I don't know, I feel like I've seen pictures of you where you do a pretty good job of looking sophisticated, but I always feel still like a little kid who's trying that on and so i see pictures of women who sort of even especially like sexy pictures oh no holy lord (laughs) i can't imagine i like i I can't imagine knowing what to do with my face to create like a maxim style expression i I don't know how i would make fun of i would look like i was farting the whole (laughs) time and some of them do i don't ever go to events and when the inevitable it's usually a video game event because i go there because i get free things Mm -hmm. but it's comic-con or a video game event and when i take a picture on the red carpet i always feel like i have to have a booger i have to look really wide i don't know how to stand properly my purse is i'm a heathen because i don't have my nails painted properly Uh uh i did my own hair i never am groomed by other people so i know it looks like a rat's nest that's how i feel and then a and year, I don't yeah. do I don't take the steps I don't feel like I want to go to a stylist or get oh no groomed. god no so that I I just so I guess I'm just like a, agreeing to be that person like I, listen I'm going to be the person who did my own hair guys that's just who I'm going to be I'm never going to be that polished I'm never yeah. going to actually have uh, for a, a couple years I tried to angle it so I get a free dress yeah I was like if there's anything in life I've earned is that a free outfit <laughs> for Comic Con if there's anything in life I've earned yeah and then I would start knocking on doors and they would be like Felicia who no you can't have anything free or right. and and the nail in the coffin was one year this is probably five years ago or something I finally got a, a like a stylist house because they have these places they're PR places right. and you go and there are racks of clothing for free at, that you can take out right. or designers have sample rooms that you can go in right well I tried every angle possible and finally someone who did makeup for dancing on the stars uh-huh. on a random set that i did a favor for somebody because she was a friend of his yeah said hey my sister runs a pr agency that lends clothes out oh, so my. i'm gonna hook you up and i was like boom made it yeah. hollywood open up for yeah. me <laughs> so i went to this place and it was like in the uh, pacific design center which is super fancy yes it is and i was like oh this is where the stars go to get yeah. free things except they have them delivered but i'll go yeah I pay for parking. It's a step up. It's a step in that direction. I'm going to get something for free. Yeah. I love it. Free yeah. things are great. Who doesn't like free? I'll get something free even if I don't want it. I'll be like, give it to me. It's free. I don't want it. I'll give it away, but I want to have had it for a moment. So I go in and there's very snotty, like literally it's like that woman in Pretty Woman oh, who yes. makes fun of Julia Roberts yes. when she comes in. This is how these girls were. And they're like, oh, this way and i'm like oh i really like this no so we start going into the bowels of this clothes lending place all the bright fun encorant you know kind of (laughs) this season stuff in the front and they're like oh no that rack isn't for you literally show me to the back of the place and this is in by the way may or june yeah everything they have one rack at the corner for me and it's all wool black <laughs> floor length maroon like clearly from like two seasons ago yeah. in winter yeah one rack for people whose friends of friends of friends who they don't really know who the hell i am right so i 
I took a dress, but it was so ugly because it was the only one. I was like, are you sure I can't? No. Oh my God. And then Not you, dear. In, during that time, like this reality star came in. I don't even know who she was, but they were fawning all over her. Like literally stacks of dresses, sneakers. Of they were like, just take this one for free and of keep course. it. So I took a dress and I was like, this is not happening for me. So I went to Forever 21 and got a dress. Smart. There you go. And I returned the dress and I had to drive, you know, I I probably spent more in parking than I did on the Forever 21 dress that I actually wore to the event. And then I was like, screw it. I'm not going to beg to be dressed again. Yeah. I will not. I think that's, I think you've just kind of hit the nail on the head of like sort of what I think that people have an expectation about like if you like if you and I and I probably was like this too before I was in the business and this is not like a show business podcast but I probably would have made certain blanket assumptions about well if I've seen you on television number 1 you probably have a ton of money mm-hmm. number 2 everyone must open doors for you mm-hmm. you know in that way and uh number 3 I'll never be able to relate to any of that and and <laughs> and and now you know even from like the start when you first actually come into LA and you sort of are dropped into the reality of it. You find out that there are like 18 different versions of LA and even, you know, 17 of them are all show business. Like it's, you can absolutely exist in the business and never have an experience. I've never gone to the design center to be shuffled into the back of a, do you know what I mean? Like you're, you could only I aspire. Lucky, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day, one day, a friend day, of a friend one day of it's going to be happen for you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's just not something. And I think if if you're someone who makes it a goal to kind of be a part of that culture, yeah, you can sort of like weasel your way in if you just like had kept pushing at those doors. Exactly. But you have you don't have time for that because you are a person who is grounded, who has a life, who has uh, a, a lot of enterprises that you're taking care of. I hope so. <laughs> I think it is. A, yeah, you have to make it a priority to be in. You have to make it a priority already like i want to be invited that premiere or i want to go to this right uh, i want to be in that social ecosystem right that reaps those kind of benefits and i just am not and i don't have the energy and i don't have very much in common with people like that to be honest with you so there's not really much to talk about when i go and then i just feel like i've wasted an evening of my life so i would rather be at home petting my dog yeah or my cats or whatever being a hermit it's the best it's really good that means if you see me it's special well i feel and to Number one, yes, it's like a unicorn sighting. Number two, <laughs> I feel like you and I are both busy bee day workers, mm-hmm. which is what I am. Like I'm very busy during the day. Mm-hmm. And then at night I feel like, oh, this is the time when I don't have to do those things. Yes. And that includes going to a bar now for oh, me in God. my life. Like no. I'm not going to go yell at someone about something. Um, it's so inconvenient. Say- why can't, why, my, in my dream, I would open a bar that doesn't serve much alcohol, but they serve tea. And it's quiet and there's that you nothing. Can have a conversation. Yes. Everyone needs to be able to talk. To, I hate parties where I have to scream because then I have horrible acid reflux. And if I speak above this level, I will have like, I'll lose my voice for a week. Yeah. yeah. And it's giving me cancer and yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these things. And I'm like, no, I don't want to yell. I know. Why can't we talk in these voices? Why can't we just talk in our library voices and drink tea? At exactly. This, at this bar? So know. one day I will have an evening open till 2 a.m. But you don't have to yell. You can read a book in the corner. I think that sounds great. You know what I would even go to as I was just thinking about this? I was thinking like, well, when I do socialize in the evening, what is the thing that I get most excited about? And I would say it is an organized game night. Oh, yes. I was going to say. So if I could go to a place that was like organized game night and people weren't just sloppy drunk everywhere, (sighs) I could maybe get on board for that. Yeah. Like we're going to go somewhere and we're going to play charades with people that we don't know that well. We can be a little buzzed, but it's not going to be like loud, crazy, insane parties. 
Um, yeah, I have. There's a game house in Glendale that's really fun. It's oh, like a board there? game cafe. Oh, I don't. I, uh, maybe I have heard of it. Yeah, it's really fun. You can bring your friends and you just rent a table, basically, and you that's play cool. all the. They have hundreds of games there. It's a library. See, that's, maybe what I See, do. that's what I'll go out. If someone invites me to game night, I'll be like, yeah. I'm there. If they invite me to their party, a Get birthday ready, party, I'm invite you to game night premiere. I don't know. I'm just not yeah. going. Probably yeah. a one woman show a cane. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a real risk. That's a hard one. That's a risk. I'm not trying to be, to be more supportive. Risk. Exactly. Like, oh, okay, yeah. fine. But if it's a board game, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there 100. That's yeah. why in a video game thing, I'm like. I'm going to get a free copy of a game. That's right. I'm going to see people I know briefly and Mm -hmm. I'll be able to sit there and play video games. And best of all worlds. Exactly. There's nothing better than a video game party. Did you play? I mean, I'm sure you've answered this before, but when you were in high school, were you playing a lot of video games? Um, Yeah. In high school. I mean, I didn't go to high school, but in during the years that I was in high school, I played a lot of video games. Okay, Let's talk about that right away. Were you homeschooled? (laughs) I was homeschooled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was homeschooled. And then I went to college when I was 16. So homeschooled in Austin. What were, what are your parents like that, that um, my mom's a big hippie and my dad's in the military. So he moved around a lot and we were kind of like forced into, sort of either living somewhere with horrible schools and mm. go to school and becoming maybe, uh, oh, wow, um, not uh, very educated well, or uh, be homeschooled. So um, yeah. so it was fun. I did a lot of extracurricular things too, like violin and dancing and mm-hmm. all these other things. And Were those more social environments that you kind of went in? Like, was it just you, Daniel, was your brother homeschooled? And do you have any yeah, other siblings? Yeah, I have a younger brother. Yeah, uh, I have a, a brother who's slightly younger than me. Very, very, we're very, very close in age. And um and we uh, would do, I did a lot of theater and he did karate and, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of uh, extracurriculars that we did. So because I was really good at violin, which I ended up studying in college, um, you know, going to school eight hours a day, my mom was like, ah, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was legal, but it happened. So yeah, well, that's, I mean, I'm always fascinated by any sort of uh, version of school that isn't public school. Cause that was definitely my experience was just public school. But, um, but I think about your. Was, did your mom bring in people, or was she doing it? Um, she did that some just of feels it. like a huge commitment for a parent. Like I, yeah. in my mind, maybe it's because I don't have kids and I struggle with whether I want them. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think to myself, like God, I feel like the respite you get is you are at work and you don't have to be a mom for a second, or yeah. you're at you're you're at home, even if you're a stay at home parent that your responsibility isn't also to them and educating them during the day. It seems no, like it a, was a definitely, very heroic effort. Yeah, it was definitely a lot to take um, take on. My mom was more into unschooling, so it wasn't as hands-on. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it allowed me to... Um, and I actually just wrote a book, and a lot of, you know, as, about my childhood is in there. It allowed me to be unconscious about the way I am and to like the things I like. Yeah. Because I think especially when you're in a traditional school environment, there are a lot of gender type gender assumptions that mm-hmm. you learn and that unconsciously sort of form your choices inform your choices as, sure. we, as you go through life. And I think I avoided a lot of those things. And that's why I'm kind of like, Hey, I like this um, versus being ashamed of it or just saying, Oh, I was into that, but I dropped it. Right. Um, right. So I think it's good and bad. You know, obviously I don't think I'm as socialized as well as other people. Um, do you still feel that now? Or do you feel like you sort of came through that? Cause that's, I guess those are really formative years in yeah. a lot of those ways. I don't think I'm socialized. Well, I mean, I don't, I can be just as happy alone as with other people. But I mean, I can too. And I'm an only child and here I was, you know, in yeah, high school. You know. So, so it could be know, just like a personality. Nurture. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's interesting to think about whether if I had a kid, I would homeschool them. I would definitely have the impulse to be a lot more 
innovative or liberal mm-hmm. with i wouldn't want a traditional school upbringing because i think despite some of the drawbacks i think that i came out of it much more um uh, my my own person. I think that's great. But I don't know. It's funny because I don't. I've had a couple of people who were homeschooled on the podcast. Really? And I don't know that we ever covered that specific thing. Which now that you're saying it, seems like the number one focus of conversation. If you were homeschooled, it totally makes sense. Of course, that you would develop as the person that you are without any kind of peer pressure. I can't believe that that's not something that hasn't been more of a focal point in that conversation. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. interesting. I mean, it also is that you're not exposed to as many things maybe, or you're not exposed to things that might be things you might be interested in had you known about them. So right. I think there's back and forth. I do think sp- specifically gender things were definitely to my advantage or to, in my eyes to my advantage because I never assumed that as a girl I wouldn't be into something mm-hmm. or that it wasn't cool or uh, especially boys won't like me if I'm into this or right. boys are telling me I'm not supposed to be into this. Right, right. So what were you, uh, did you do like physical activities too? Like did you play any sport? I mean, you, you, your no. brother was Sports? doing karate. <laughs> <laughs> No, if you throw a ball at me, I will assume it's going trying to kill me. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Sometimes it, it probably is. Probably is. Yeah. Uh, no, I did a lot of ballet and dance mm-hmm. all every single day, like hours and hours and hours. And then I did a little bit of karate because my brother did it and I was just hanging around and I just took lessons, but certainly no group sports activities. I think that's why I got into acting because I did do community theater musicals a lot mm-hmm. and because i found that sense of community and belonging yeah. that's why i wanted to go into acting is because like wow those were my happiest times when i was creating with other people and we were together making something and was it like all ages or was it mostly yeah it was all ages because see i'm that is also really interesting to me the idea that you weren't socialized around a bunch of people your age and that you then also were able to feel comfortable around people of all ages that always that fits to me with you know yeah. what you do now and kind what of. I do now yeah 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 no you're right absolutely when I see somebody who's oh, ten I'm going to treat them exactly like I would teach, teach treat somebody who's seventy yeah and I will see them for the person they are versus like oh I'm not supposed to get along with this person because they're way older or way younger yeah. than me because I everybody has that. something interesting about themselves and especially um, their point of view at the time of life they're in. Like there's, mm-hmm. we can learn from everybody all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That's definitely an aspect of who I am, um, that I value in the, it's, even though it is, I do see people shunning people who are certain, you know, older than them or younger than them. It's yeah. like, Oh, you're not my contemporary because of your age. And I'm like, well, that's why the online world is so attractive to me. It's just because not only age background interests, like people congregate, around people they are drawn to and they have commonality with and they Mm -hmm. like the vibe of and community. Yeah, that's such a positive, that's a really positive attitude about being online and those online communities that, um, again, I don't think I've like articulated to myself, but of course that makes sense (laughs) that you're, that, that, you know, you're being united by something that isn't just like an immediate thing you can spot and judge visually. Yeah. When you're being dropped in, you're, you're basically saying, oh, you're in a group because of your age. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to get along. I'm not interested in you. I am interested in you. I'm not in you. Yeah. But and then and then the sort of like the dark side of the 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 online part of that, I guess, is the anonymity in the sense well, that yeah. there are people who, you know, well, they really use, just yeah. like explode a lot of negativity because there's something that they they create this sort of feeling of removal from it, which is makes yeah. me sick to my stomach. I I yes, there's a lot of bad things online and I Genuinely, when I when I stop feeling hurt at some of the things people say to me or do towards me, I feel sorry for them because I know that when in times of my life when I've been 
super anxious or angry or lashing out at other people. It doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. It's never satisfying to tear somebody else down. You do it because of emotions that are not positive in your own life. So it's almost like you have to feel sorry for those people because if they're deriving joy, they are, soci- they are sociopaths. Correct. And that's like a medical problem. Correct. <laughs> but other than that, people who do tra- tear each other, tear other people down, generally do it from uh, maybe a lack of self-esteem mm-hmm. or feeling good about themselves mm-hmm. or resenting what they don't have. And it does. And- you're so right. It doesn't create that output does not create a positive loop where yeah. you're actually feeling good. I yeah. remember the first time, it seems like such a cliche now, and I can't believe there was ever a time I hadn't heard this, but I do remember the first time someone said about revenge, which is essentially the same idea, right? Mm-hmm. Is that revenge is like drinking the poison and then expecting the other person to die. I was oh, like, that's okay, gr- so this is the first wow. time you've heard it. I was like, very impacted by that i was like that, that is sounds like it's a really asian <laughs> asian saying it should be on a coffee cup yes right like, <laughs> fascinating yeah it really made sense to me and it's just one of those things where like it was said to me at the right in the right place at the right time or it's just one of those adages that is like so you know ubiquitous now that or it, it just feels so like it, it, it ubiquitously applies to so much that i seriously was like this is I, I'm very, very... You'll never forget that, right? I'll never forget that. There's a, it really makes sense. And that's yeah. the idea, right? Is like, I'm going to say something shitty about you mm-hmm. and you're just poisoning yourself. Yeah. And then you're sort of waiting for the other person to make you feel better by by them feeling awful. Yeah, your anger and punishing someone else is somehow going to make your life better, which Glowing, is not. Exactly. No. It's funny. Like, um, there are certain things that... I had an acting teacher who told me one time in the class, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Mm. And I, I was like, like boom, explosion, <laughs> explosion. So honestly, even to this day, like t- 10 years later, if I don't change like the toilet roll in the bathroom, I'm like, okay, so that's your whole life. That's Let your me give work. You my that's your creativity. Let me give you my daily version that I just said to someone when someone was like, because I just um, like painted and moved and kind of unpacked everything very, very quickly and sort of set things in order. And someone just said like, are you just a person who does that? And I was like, messy bed messy head (gasps) messy bed messy head you get it right yeah that's true i just need to if i need like i need to sort of feel i mean that doesn't mean that i don't you know i mean i have some shit lying around i have like you know dusting that needs to happen i'm not like yeah you know aggro cleaning all the time but i do feel like there is a sense of sort of and that's not true for everyone some people are some people can't do that and and they're and then they're and then they're astonishingly great accountants or whatever to me those things seem like they shouldn't be connected no me neither i mean i'm the kind of person who likes to prepare eight months in advance for something and then some people are like last minute lucy's and i'm like i hate the way you work (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah i'm the same way if i if i i feel like i my life is getting out of control and and i'm not doing good work when things are chaotic around me is that and then so, you push your yeah but then you create the chaos of pushing all of the books you push over them and, and, yeah. and then you rebuild yeah yeah did but, you w- w- it wasn't uh, oh sorry did i interrupt you oh no 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 uh, i was going to say was um but is ballet competitive? Like, does it have that? I never took ballet. so I'm, Oh, ballet's super competitive. Did you feel early on, like, I think I might be a competitive person. I mean, I know when you're a kid, you don't necessarily have that kind of self-awareness, but maybe you do. Uh, I don't know. Did you feel a sense of, like, I need to be, because like you said earlier, jokingly, but the sense of, like, 
well, shit, if I'm doing this, I better be the best at this. Yeah, I always wanted to be the best. I wanted yeah. to be the special one and everybody to admire me and look at the little prodigy. Uh-huh. You know, that's just <laughs> something in me. It would probably- well, I bet if you were good at something at first and you got a taste for that, then your expectation is like, oh, I, I need that feeling. That's how I'm seen and that's how I fe- need to feel. Yeah, which is not healthy. Like, yeah. that's not a good way to be through life. And it's something I fight a lot. But I always want to be the best. I want to be the special. Well, let me ask you this. How does that factor in when it comes time to start something brand new that you're going to be bad at for a while because I'm not I was terrible at allowing myself to make mistakes for a long time oh yeah and it's taken me that is a long process right I'm not saying like and now I'm great at it I'm still terrible at it I know I'm better at it than I used to be but I remember getting like a a a, a grade report from public school. No, listen, a grade would be like an ABC. I'm just kidding. Like it, like I you've never it. heard of grades. I know I went to college. <laughs> I had, but a, this is back when we would get, you, I was so young that you wouldn't get an ABC or D or E. You would get an E an S an N or something else. And that's like excellent, you know, satisfactory so you want an e. improvement. I is E S I N. Excellent, satisfactory, improving or needs improvement. That was Ooh. the grading system. And I remember getting an N <gasps> for like accepts constructive criticism. Like, I remember, and wow. I remember that. I remember a teacher being like, I would do that differently. And I would be like, no, no. <laughs> like, I didn't make a mistake. Don't tell me I made a mistake. Yeah. No, I d- definitely. That's been something I've struggled with not being perfect right out of the gate, um, especially in writing. So because writing is a messy process and you can't mm. expect, you'll never get over yourself doing anything creative if you think you're going to just poop out gold every time yeah and that's definitely been a huge learning curve in life especially since i grew up like hey i'm an a i'm an a i do everything perfect yeah and being able to be brave enough to be like i'm gonna do something crappy today yeah because if i do something crappy today then i can make it better tomorrow and i still struggle with that absolutely I i would say that across the board with my creative friends who do a lot of different things and include myself in this writing is the scariest Mm mm-hmm And I guess that's why, is that you just have to sort of, I don't know why, like, you'd think that it would be, I mean, someone, someone who's a, like, friends of mine who are professional writers, even they kind of struggle with it sometimes, but, you know, like, uh, like, my friend who writes fiction would just look at me if I said that and say, you, you do improv, that's (laughs) terrifying, how can you be more afraid of something that you're putting on a page where you have all the time in the world to sort of finesse it and... Da, 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 da. And like, and I'm like, I don't know if I, it's, if you improvise, it's over and done and it is what it is. And if it was great, well, then there, it was brilliant. And if it wasn't great, you have the excuse of it just having been spontaneous. Exactly, Whereas with writing, yeah. you have to deliver, you know, you feel like you have to deliver the best version. And I think the fear of not getting to that is like, can be paralyzing for Very people. Very paralyzing. Yeah. Being brave. And then also only having yourself as a gauge because you're mm-hmm. working in a vacuum. Yeah. But you're all, and that's the advantage because you can take as long as you want and work on it as long as you want. But it also is the fear that it begins and ends with me. So what I show people now means that's the best I can do. Uh So I better make it great. Yeah. Or I'm a failure because, oh, it needs to all come from you. So it's a lot more pressure. And the the idea of someone being like, no, this is a great first draft, but, and you're (laughs) like, what, what? No. What do you mean? It's supposed to be better than this? I'm not sure. I, I'm done with it, though. I'm done with that idea, though. Oh, yeah, sure. That was a first draft, except I went yeah. in over 50 times. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah exactly. it's very hard. I uh, I like I like writing, but the process of it is very painful. And I like having written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Starting of it, boy, that can really tie me up for weeks. Now, the other thing that I'm wondering about is, were you competitive with your brother? Hmm? 
Were you competitive with your brother? No, we did different things. Yeah. So that's the good thing. We weren't ever competitive with each other, I think. I mean, I was overachiever and Ryan was more of an underachiever. And I think, you know, probably my overachieving was not helpful to him mm-hmm. growing up because I was always like, look at your sister, look at your sister, look at, you know. Yeah. And I can only reflect on that now. I was just so determined to be the best. I didn't really regard that as having rubbed off on him but i can yeah. imagine it was a really high bar to set because yeah. i was just naturally great at a lot of things that got a lot of praise and his interests like li- you know they were elsewhere and he was a lot more quiet and less outgoing and um so yeah i don't know but but the good thing is that we were never in the same bin together mm-hmm. so which i think is super important mm-hmm. like i can't imagine two kids growing up and it's like both of your pianists go and sisters you know like oh, gender geez. stuff that sort of that kind of stuff even if you're not in a public situation like a public school situation i think there's still stuff that's like kind of quietly getting imposed really um, i was one of the sisters did so. you i mean not to sorry ryan <laughs> <laughs> is it too late yeah it might be um you did always want a sister yeah i always <sighs> yeah. wanted a sister i never wanted either but you're Which an older kid. Of, yeah, you weren't lo- my only. Did you ever want a kid, a brother or sister? Did. I never did. I never did. And I don't know. I was certainly wasn't spoiled because we had no money. But I and my parents were divorced, so I just had like you know one one parent here, one parent mm-hmm. there, and either remarried. But I think I I think I saw most of my friends fighting with their siblings a ton. <laughs> and I think I thought like this seems hard. Yeah, because really a lot of my friends are having kids now. I guess it's that age, that thirties age. Where your uterus starts to shrivel into an acorn and uh-huh. it's like, get it out. Yeah. Or get it or put it up. Yeah. But um, they're all like, oh no, we want to make sure to have two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? That sounds awful. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I have two cats. It's a, lot, it's of a lot of work to feed them. Yeah. And you can't close the kid up if you don't want to talk to him. That's right. <laughs> but the whole rationale that you're like, oh, you have to have them be friends. I'm like, well. It's nice to see somebody who is an only child and not like yeah. totally narcissistic. And Well, listen, I mean, I'm sure there are people who would say that I was. I don't think I am, but I, I definitely feel like I have stuff that I have qualities. I might have been talking about this recently on here, but I have qualities that I don't want to accept are because I'm an only child. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and that's another thing, like making mistakes, that I'm trying to get better at because I had no control over it. So, well, aren't we good of, people at least have, that we yeah. are have self reflective qualities and, and we're like, like, I want to be different. And also, you want it how you want it, just like I want it how I want it. And yeah. you're not an only child. So, I don't know. Again, it goes to like, I don't know what, how much of that is personality. And, it's personality, I you know, think. I think it, I think it really might be. Now, how do, how does like dating factor into teenage years when you're, um, not very much. I was always just focused on my work. Mm-hmm. So, it's probably not great. And I went to college so young that it wasn't like I was integrated into college as much. So, mm-hmm. how old were you when you went into uh, 16 yeah i just turned 16 so i was very young very immature and i was in a music building so it was um you know it was a was little bit more in supportive. austin in still? austin yeah, it yeah. was what school yeah. was that like university of texas university, austin. UT. yeah so it was i mean it's different like obviously my background and i talk about it a lot my book is very different from other people's and that's okay what's your book called and can people it's, get it now uh it, they can get it in august mm-hmm. so august 11th mm-hmm. and uh, it's called you're never weird on the internet almost great so i spent a year and a half writing it and i i'm pretty proud of it how long did it take you to come up with a genius title uh, a long time mm-hmm. well 
That's another thing where I would be like, I would be worried that there was always one next better title in my brain around the corner and that I would be afraid to settle on anything. But that's a really great title. I've made dances of shows and I have to tell you that I do have a knack for titles. I feel nice. I will have to say not to brag. I feel like I'm good at titling. Oh, I'm going to call you if I have a book. Exactly. It's very, very hard. But I actually sent this to the publisher and they were kind of on the fence about it because somebody who didn't want a long title and I gave I literally spent two more months thinking of titles which if it doesn't hit it doesn't hit right and I could not I thought of a couple of alternates but then we circled back around and we're like oh that's that one mm-hmm. I was like oh good because that's the one I wanted anyway yeah yeah um, and they're great to work with it's just titles you know you it's very tough and it's a lot of pressure yeah and um, huge forever even especially for shows you know when I'm thinking of a new web show or whatever I'm like is it vivid enough is it is it something that stands out? Can I see a logo that goes with it? Does it have a feeling to it? Because I'm very sensory. Like when I read something or watch an edit, I'm like, I don't feel like this is right. I don't like the vibe. Right. And it's kind of this weird, and I can't describe it kind of feeling that mixes all the senses together when I'm like, oh, that's going to be a success. Yeah. And it's very it's rare. it's cool that you trust that because that sounds very gut oriented too. Very after. gut oriented, yeah. which is weird because I have very a lot of stomach issues. So. I do too. Oh really? Uh huh. Oh wow. We yeah. have that in common. <laughs> I know. Food I'm allergies. You. Yes. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. What kinds? Gluten is a mm. very very drastic one. Really? You have, um, do you have celiac? I don't have celiac, but no. all my all my stuff is thyroid based. I have a thyroid dump too. Yeah, listen. <gasps> we should dish about thyroid I know, things. I could I talk know. hours about thyroid. <laughs> I'm going to the doctor tomorrow to get my remeasured because I'm pretty sure it slowed down, slowed down again. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know it's, it's a real like. Now, is that a, you're saying gluten is associated with your yeah, thyroid? Yeah, directly? that was something that I was told when I first because I have little nodules growing on mine, you know, and so I constantly have to get them checked for cancer and this and that and biopsies and all that kind of good stuff. And um, and the questions that were asked of me were those things where you kind of think you have like eight things wrong with you and it turns out all eight things are connected to just one thing which feels Mm -hmm. like such a relief it's also still frustrating but it's like oh that's a that can be that oh okay i'm not crazy you know and so there's definitely a lot of that but thyroid medication which i'm on i don't know if you are but is that's a weird thing where like your own what your own body is producing is fluctuating what the whether the medication is working you have to constantly yeah you have to constantly yeah when i'm under stress which i found out that i really affect my body in yeah. amazingly negative ways and all my problems also are in the throat area yeah. and i'm sure there's and, a ch- and too like I, and thing. also losing your voice easily that's yep. something that i was asked early on i was like yes yeah and they said oh that's thyroid related no i have thyroid and acid reflux problems like out the wazoo this whole area needs to be excised from my body <laughs> but it's directly related it's to nice stress neck i'd like you to have a neck i don't yeah. want you to thank you i always thought it was right good it's got a ballet neck yeah, but ballet um neck. i notice when i'm not stressed i can literally eat anything and it doesn't affect me at all but mm-hmm. when i'm stressed even if i have a croissant i'm like yeah yeah horrible i can't yeah it's interesting it's really interesting it's hard to be aware of your body like screaming don't do that anymore like don't have chocolate stop Uh, yeah well what the other thing the other parallel that i would then probably draw between us is the sort of tough versus sensitive thing which is like i feel sometimes like i'm the toughest woman in the world (laughs) and then i realize and then sometimes i feel like so frail and so frustrated by my frailty yeah and it's an interesting it's a lot it's a lot to sort of have all it's a lot to have that yeah especially i think that's women get screwed over a lot in that if you are hard then you're not considered attractive or appealing and you're a bitch and you're you know bossy and all that stuff and then 
you show your vulnerability and then you're discounted as not able to, yeah. able to yeah. do things. Yeah. She's too, you listen, she's too vulnerable. Too she's vulnerable, never too, e- to you know, decision. too neurotic, too easily, to too sensitive, you know, yeah. and it's kind of this hard line you have to walk and embrace who you are that you could be a lot of different things yeah. because certain circumstances put you in certain mindsets. You feel like, oh, I need to be really strong here right. to inability to be do business in order to have people pay attention to me. Right. Or as an actor, I need to be like, eh, punch me in the heart. It's right. so like, oh. <laughs> uh, especially yeah. when you're in this business, when you're like putting your emotions out there and then you need to ferret them back in because mm-hmm. you're rejected and it punches you. Yeah. And then you need to get them out, get them out. I know. And put them right there on the shelf That's so everyone can. people go crazy. They're crazy. And yeah. I'm not going to say I'm not crazy, but yeah. I think that that's why I like doing different things besides just being um, an actor because I don't think in being an actor, I don't, I didn't deal with all of that. Well, it's too much. It's too much to yeah. be always vulnerable and, and always all the time. in service to like the thing that someone else is going to give you rather yeah. than being able to, to make things happen for yourself, which mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Okay. So you didn't, you weren't doing a whole lot of dating. I mean, I don't think that's bad or good. I just think that is what it is. It's just like the path that some of us end up on. Um, when you did start dating, what, who were you like drawn to? Unless you don't want to talk about that. Um, in which case that's yeah, I don't really like talking about people. that that much, but generally artists, people who are creative because I admire yeah. people who are creative and I love somebody else's ideas, making me excited about my ideas and their ideas. And um, I think the one thing we can offer the world is our unique creativity Mm -hmm. because nobody else is going to come up with that idea. Mm -hmm. So the more true you are to your own impulses that delight you, the better because no one else is going to be able to do that. So when I see somebody who is as open or free or more open and free with bravely putting forth what's special about their point of view in life, I think that's attractive. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's more attractive. I'm sort of blind to people's backgrounds or you know it's just really that's the most attractive quality somebody who has a passion for something i think that makes perfect sense yeah and i also like that you you know for being somebody who uh you wanted to be great at stuff and you didn't necessarily want a bunch of people to be better than you at stuff (laughs) uh it's still awesome to be in a position where you foster now in your life and have for some time really fostered other people's ideas and sort of been yeah, absolutely. You know, th- there have been times when I have neglected myself in doing that, which have made me unhappy. Mm-hmm. So in going through, especially the last couple of years doing a business and all this stuff, it's like, I know that I enjoy, I do derive a lot of pleasure in helping people get their voice out as long as my voice is being taken care yeah, of. Yeah, and that's very reasonable. It's, but it's hard to balance all those things because really one project is a full-time job. And I do 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just can't help the impulse to pile more and more on myself. And, you know, it's a constant sort of struggle to um, be realistic and mm-hmm. know that if you take on too much, then you're going to disappoint yourself and other people. Mm-hmm. So I say no to so many things. And I know people get their feelings hurt. Like, even if it's like, you're not tweeting my Kickstarter for me. Right. Like, but then you don't realize, like, I only have enough bandwidth and I have to take care of myself in the thing. If everybody got to use the bandwidth or my creativity or my time the way yeah. that they want to, A, I wouldn't have any left thing left for myself and B, I would devalue myself to the point where I'm not valuable to anybody and then you notice a lot of people disappear. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> that's great. I mean, no, listen, that's a, I think that's a very hard thing to understand without going through it. Success. Yeah, you success know? brings as many burdens and, as, yeah. it, uh, as you 
thinks the opposite. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, listen, it's going to be smooth sailing. It's awesome. I if I can just get there, the if I just get this successful, if yeah. I just people could admire me in this way. Yeah. But that brings so many different things that are just so much more problematic to work with. Like, it's very, I, I think John Green once said, he tweeted, uh, which really stuck with me, is like, there's nothing more isolating than fame mm. and recognition. There's mm-hmm. nothing more lonely than fame and record. And it's true. And then you start closing yourself off and then you start being uncertain as to the people around you. Yeah. If it is it and even people's compliments or feel conditional mm. so that you always have to be, oh God, I better not become irrelevant or not make something great because then they'll go away. Right. All the, I always wanted all these friends and yet now it's dependent on me being an overachiever. Mm. So going through that process and then coming out the other end with, you know, being persp- having a perspective about, okay, these are where my priorities need to lie, whether I'm successful or not. Yeah. Um, it's been a, you know, a long road to figure it out. No, I think, and, and everything that you're saying about like the kind of person that you are too, that st- it, it, it feels like everything can feed into everything else and everything sort of becomes, I mean, I'm sort of speaking in the abstract, but everything kind of becomes a tool to use because I, it, I'm just talking about myself. I'm not going to pretend like this is you. Okay. Let's I talk feel about you. like every, <laughs> I feel like it's hard for me to separate, like everything sort of feels like it's part of everything else. And so, I think I had to learn how to keep certain things safe and, and foundational and like, that's just going to be a constant and no matter what, that's not going to be affected. Yes. It's a constant balance struggle, right? But yeah. That it's not going to be like, whatever mood I'm in will affect all of these things or whatever's yeah. happening to me in my personal life will automatically feed into my professional life. Like learning how to create boundaries that can be movable you know, as, as is called for, yeah. but, but still, but not to think like, I think creative people sometimes just like everything is everything. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh no, I struggle with that all the time. That. And then you think biologically, if you have a thyroid problem or an endocrinological problem, mm-hmm. you kind of, or you go through a depression, mm-hmm. you kind of realize that your body makes you think things that might not be reality. Oh, yes. And that's very hard to realize as well because you don't know, you're not living in a reality sometimes. Yeah. You know, and it's not just girl problems. Yeah, absolutely. It's just brain problems. Yeah. And and emotion problems. And it becomes so important to have, I think, those core people that don't, you don't feel like their respect or love for you is conditional and that there there are voices of reason who are like, I know you because I've seen you in these 80 different settings yeah. and I know what the setting is and the setting is you think something's real and it's just your body is exhausted and, yeah. you, and I need to help be that outside voice saying like you need to take a breath and don't make any decisions right now because you're not what you're feeling you right now is not reality. Yeah. yeah. And also like just concentrating your efforts on cultivate i mean i'm not a very good friend in general because i just go off and i work and i'm like turn around i'm like oh you had four babies you know so (laughs) that's something i'm constantly you know having gone through a lot the last couple years like okay let's make sure that i'm not rewarding the most persistent people with my time just because they're persistent too that's a really good one yeah and and concentrate on people who if i were just decided tomorrow to be a barista in Portland, which could happen at any point because yeah. I love coffee and I sometimes I'm just like, this Certainly isn't worth Portland. it. Would those people still be in my life? Yeah. Um, regardless of everything that I've achieved and or um, stand for or whatever it is, yeah. uh, would they still be like, hey, I still want to come over and play board games with you? Yeah. I mean, and that's what I try to at least peel some time off to co- to invest in those relationships because yeah. those will be the ones that down the line will still exist. 
Absolutely. God, that, I can't think of a better way to segue into this MASH game that I have to play with you. What I is it? I don't know if this is something you ever played because you were not socialized in public schools the way I was. So Gosh. this is a game uh, where MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. <laughs> and uh, it, when you're a kid, uh, guys, I apologize because I always forget to like explain what this is offline because I just make the stupid assumption that people will know and many people Now don't. I don't know, so you need to tell me. Many people don't. Uh, it, when, when you're a kid, you play it and um, you're playing with a friend and they're like, okay, give me three car types of car you would drive okay give me three types of pet you would have and it's the sort of game where by the end you've created this process of elimination by which you're like you ended up driving a corvette you have a pet dog (laughs) you live in you know hawaii and so that's the sort of like fictitious game world that this mash game creates but i like to customize my categories according to what we talked about and what i know about you okay so i'm gonna start with my first category again by the end you will end up with only one from each category and you'll see how we okay okay you just asked me the thing just your mind. Ask me the things. I'm uh, so excited. Yeah. Okay. So number one is three uh, video games that you can go into that because their worlds that have been created there are real. So you can go in as much or as little as you want. Uh, but it's like you're going in and living in this this world. Oh, as which as one's you what I want to three. Live? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Easy. Uh, Fallout. Great. Um. Uh. Ultima. Okay. And Dragon Age. Or Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Okay. Mass Effect. Let's do Mass Effect. Okay. Because Mass we already got the, the fantasy Good. with yep. Ultima, and I really like bread baking in that. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay, speaking of bread baking, three foods or drinks, I think foods is probably a better use of it, okay, that um, for whatever reason now, you cannot allow yourself to indulge in as much as you would like, be it because of acid reflux or this or that. Uh, three things that can be as specific or as, lim- uh, as general as you want. Could be pizza. Could also be like this very specific type of pizza that you got this one time in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Three, that um, in this world, you can have it at the snap of a finger and there's nothing wrong about it. It's just like delicious, nutritious joy. Oh, my God. Um, uh, street food in Thailand. Wonderful. That's the, that's the way to play this game. Okay. That is the way to I know play how to this game. Own, You're killing it. I know how to own fantasy lives. That's great. Half that's the time I'm happening. like, why can't I, why, I just watch House Hunters and I'm like, why can't I just go to the Caribbean like them? Well, get, get ready because that's going to be the next category. Okay. Um, Thai street food. Okay. Thai street food. Um, ch- ch- chocolate croissants. Because I can't have chocolate now. And um, burger and onion rings wonderful because i can't have onion forget it forget it forget it oh my garlic too garlic is i can't have it people are surprised people don't trust me they're like is it just not that you don't like the like no you don't understand no 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 it's crippling it's crippling and chocolate and um avocado is the saddest one that i found out in the last six months and it feels like that would just be the smooth creamy coating you think god damn it you think god damn it it's a devil food Uh, it's a devil food not to be confused with devil's food cake, which is okay. delicious. Uh, number three. So uh, you're going to give me three places in the world that you have a vacation home. A <gasps> vacation home. Barcelona. Wonderful. Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. And I need a beach. I think Placencia, Belize. Okay. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Those are my three favorite trips ever I took. And they're good. It's like a little spread out. I have... Yeah. Got it. What's where's Chiang Mai? I don't know. Chiang Mai is in the north of Thailand. Okay, it's good. kind of like a small city that is kind of artsy, tourist, but not too touristic, mm-hmm. and just like one of the coolest places I've ever been. Oh, this is very good to know about elephants. Elephants. <laughs> I love that at the end of that elephants. <laughs> okay, next category is uh, 
three fictional characters it could be from film television video games books whatever that um that three that you would like to be like your your best bud like somebody <gasps> you could call and hang out and just be wow. like spend the day with you know whoever um Anne of green gables <sighs> felicia <laughs> now Anne of green gables is, as these guys know is a Long-standing, passionate love. Were you mine. sad when Gilbert died last week? I was very, I was very, 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 very sad. sad too. It was the end of it. It felt like the end of an era. It de- which, it was the end of know. my childhood. Yeah. Died when he he was my first love. Yeah. I mean, oh God. Wow. Yeah, okay. Big time Anne of Green Gables. I'm right there, right there with you. Um, who else would I like? I could probably put only ca- characters from Anne of Green Gables on there. It's I'd be true. Like, Let's pop Marilla on there. Let's go ahead and get Matthew in there. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, God, I love that book story. Um, okay, so Anna Green Gables. Let's see. Probably Link from Zelda because oh, I think great. it would be awesome to just go on vacation. Absolutely. Together and youthful, you know, fun. Love it. Spontaneous, pal. It. And God, this is a hard. This is hard. <laughs> I have so many yeah. books that I love, and it's super hard. I mean, it could be George Clooney, just in anything. <laughs> sure, sure. Or Clive Owen. You know, like I, I well, think. No, no, save those because I am going to. Oh, also oh we're going to go there. A romance slash sexcapade category. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Well, we already already. Uh, <laughs> I mean, could it be like a uh, Cat in the Hat or yes, something? Yes, absolutely. You know? Like that. Yeah. What absolutely. a fun time. Let's go crazy. Cat in the Hat. Great. Um, Okay, yeah, so next one is uh, your romantic interest. Could be alternate universe husband, could be just like a f- series of one-night stands with this guy. Real people? Real people or f- four characters. It doesn't really or matter. Or characters. Um, there's a guy in a special in a romance novel series called Kushel's Dart. Okay. His name is Jocelyn, and he is a warrior and protects his prostitute love. Um, it's a it's a racy uh-huh, adult uh-huh. Little bodice woman. Ripper. It's a... It's, it's kind of like Game of Thrones with lots of prostitution. Okay. Right. And hitting sex, but in a good okay. way, like in a very flowery way. Uh-huh. It's an amazing series. Jocelyn, got it. him. Got him. So he also knows how to use a sword really well, and right. he's a paladin, and he does not like prostitution, but he falls in love with a prostitute who, anyway, this we can talk about that more. <laughs> um, Clive Owen. Great. I will definitely. never argue with that choice. Have you been watching The Nick? The Nick? I have not. You I have it on my it. DVR. I know it's good. It's fucking great i know it's so great him mixed with steven soderbergh directing stuff is like the best thing you'll ever see i'm very excited for you very excited for you okay jocelyn clive owen um the last one would be i don't know george i feel like i should get a um a a block can it be like robert redford from the states yes yeah 100 that oh no paul newman from hud great let's just be specific about that guy i couldn't agree more he was kind of a dick in the movie like a big dick but but that era of, of PN, yeah. Paul Newman. Okay. I don't know why I felt like I needed to tell you what PN stood for since we had just yeah. discussed Paul Newman. Uh, okay, next one. Next one is um, you can have a, a soundtrack that's sort of playing underneath your life uh, that a singer, three, singer, songwriter, band, whoever, composer, doesn't matter, um, that you would love to sort of have be like, this is the kind of underscore. And it doesn't have to be a pre-existing thing, but it's like, you know you love the Velvet Underground this would be like a, a special Felicia oh, life soundtrack. soundtrack okay. Of Three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, erasure. Oh, great. Would definitely be wonderful. Um, I love Ravel. Okay. All definitely. Right. I love my French. Beautiful. Sort of passionate, but yeah. dissonant sort of uh, music. Right. And great description. Definitely. Then I would go like MIA. All right. All right. You Let's know, get a nice cross like section in. Real. Uh, like 
international flair. Like, yep. like I love her. Yeah, great. Sort of like mashup sort of style. This is great. Powerful okay. lady. Love it. Okay. Tomorrow you wake up in the morning, matrix style. You have downloaded. There's pick three, a skill that you are an expert at. Oh my God. You just know it. You wake up, you know, Kung Fu. Wow. So I would definitely know Mandarin. Great. I would be able to, oh my God, play the piano. Great. Always wanted to play the piano and be able to show off at a party. Great. Or just know how to play the piano. <laughs> Talk to animals. Great. Great, great, great. God, you're really... I'm nailing it, right? You're nailing this game. You're not going to end up with anything you're disappointed by. This is all solid. No, I'm good with all of it. Fantastic stuff. Okay. Final category is... uh, What do I want for you? Final category. Final category for you. You helped co-create three things. Now, that could be a business. It could be a specific video game. It could be a work of art. You helped paint the Mona Lisa, whatever. There's three things that are out there that you have not been, you've not received credit for, but turns out you were one of the geniuses behind it. Three. Wow. That's great. All of the Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright movies. Oh, God. I'll just, I'll choice. nose in on that Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, the iPhone. Great, 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 great. And, um, God, this is a really, this is a really deep question. Uh, I just very smugly shrugged. Like that was like, awesome. I, <laughs> I want to make sure the listener understands how gross my response was just now. Pudding. Right. <laughs> just like that's pudding is, oh, even though I can't have pudding. chocolate anymore. Yeah. Butterscotch, vanilla, sure. banana, pudding, like banana, banana. Great. pudding, like things. Yeah. Great pudding great okay pudding. now pudding. this is just the thing where i'm gonna do something and uh the only thing that you need to know is like as fast or as long well, i guess not as long but as fast or as semi-fast as you want tell me when to stop stop okay uh i'm gonna pause this i'm gonna do some eliminating wow i'm gonna come back this is elaborate 100 okay. guaranteed fictional future fictional. <laughs> so that's I love what's it. happening uh everyone you need not worry. It will seem as if no time has passed to you. All right. You, well, yeah, I think you might have had uh, the, the shortest ever uh, thing. Why is it? I don't know what you did. But I just drew, I just was making hash marks, uh-huh. you know, but I only got to three before you told me to stop. So it was very quick and easy oh, wow. for me to do Oh, wow. I'm this. sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it, it's fun because that makes it go faster. Number one, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful home uh, in Placencia, Belize. <gasps> how beautiful. Uh, wonderful, wonderful work. Now, I don't know how... It doesn't really matter because this is something that you acquire magically, but uh, rest assured that while you're relaxing uh, in Belize, you are also able to eat all the burgers and onion rings that you want with absolutely zero negative health ramifications whatsoever. Wonderfully done. I don't know if that's something that your good buddy, the cat in the hat, enjoys eating. <laughs> well, you know, he he likes to go fishing, but it's cool. You know, he does. I guess he does love to go fishing. Now, what does this say? Because I can't remember. Oh, okay. I got it. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. No, I'm going to save that. Um, I want to... Oh, this is also very cool, and it totally matches up. You are best friends with Cat in the Hat because you can talk to animals. You can talk to all animals. It makes sense. Right? That is amazing That just came together. And you guys, and you will just be strolling around with your own life soundtrack to MIA. Well, of course. I mean, look at him. He is street. 
I mean, you got it. And then uh, also you can jump into Fallout as a world whenever <gasps> you want. Well, the, po- the post-apocalyptic world is, yeah. it's dangerous, but you know, when we're driving around with our soundtrack, That's I mean, right. we could, we, we just pop a cap in the Raiders. That's right. <laughs> you know how it goes. You know how it goes. Uh, then the last two things I want to congratulate you on, I'm going to put together because I find them both very sensual indeed. Uh, I'd like to see you uh, spread pudding all over HUD era Paul Newman's body and wow. lick it off. This is not a bad thing. Uh, because you are responsible for the creation of pudding and you certainly ended up with a very, very sexy man. Wow. That butterscotch on Paul Newman? Yeah. Butterscotch pudding That's on Paul Newman. Work. Boy, oh boy. Good luck wanting to do any of this other stuff. No. Because now you have butterscotch pudding and Paul Newman to We're going to be on the with. beach and forget about That's right. all that post-apocalyptic roving around. That's right. <laughs> day, day life, nightlife, I'm yeah, covered. There's no competition. Uh, Felicia, since we spent half the time talking about how busy you are, I really thank you for doing the podcast. Oh, no I'm worries. Over here, and it was a total pleasure. I really appreciate um, you inviting me on your podcast. There's a gajillion things. I feel certain that if you're listening to this, you already know where you can find Felicia and what she does and what Geek and Sundry is. If you don't, I'd say give it a Google. Check it out. Geekandsundry.com, uh, FeliciaDay.com. Lots of things going on. My book is going to be out in August. And here's what we'll do, too. If you want to do this, um, I guess we can talk about this offline, but uh, when it does come out, we can do like, I can do a little contest with within the podcast where i'm promoting the book and we can like do a giveaway yeah to, that'd to be awesome i will so give we'll you a giveaway book perfect that would be awesome perfect so more details on that to come guys in a few months and uh until then i bid you farewell i'm gonna go hang out with anne of green gables i've just decided that you i absconded with her since bitch. you got that now. <laughs> it's on bye As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.